Hello, thank you for listening to Psyche Design. My name is Megan Lavota, and in this episode, we're going to be discussing all things projection. What is it? How does it show up in your life, um, in your personality type pattern, and also in um, cognitive dynamics and your relationship dynamics based on your type pattern? So this is a huge topic. Um, I've noticed that projection has become a buzzword um, the past couple of years. It's something I hear people talk about a lot. It's mostly used in the context of this person's projecting onto me. At least that's what I've seen as far as discourse goes. And I'm not seeing a lot of people talking about... Um, the nature of projection, which in Carl Jung's uh, theory on projection, it was kind of understood that um, we all project. And so what, what are the mechanics of that? And what can we learn from the fact that um, it's a natural thing that happens? So there's a lot to talk about with that. But before I get into the meat of the video, um, I just had a few announcements. One of which is that I host a monthly discussion group. Um, you can join uh, by joining my Patreon, which is linked below $10 uh, a month to join the discussion group. And on that tier, it also comes with a, a Q&A video every month as well. But I just wanted to let you guys know that the next event is July 22nd. We're gonna be discussing um, and unpacking the be like me bias, which I believe Linda Barron's coined the term the be like me bias, uh, where really it has a lot to do with what I'm going to talk about in this episode today, honestly, is the way that we can kind of project onto others and assume things about each other. And um, it's not the exact same thing as projection, but that inherent bias that a lot of us might have where our personality type pattern kind of clouds the way that we're able to see and be able to interact with anyone else. So in that discussion uh, group, we're gonna unpack that. There's breakout groups. I really, in that group, I just wanna set aside a time each month to create the space for um, real reflection on how our type pattern is showing up. And then we have two other resources linked below. One is, um, APTI, or the Association for Psychological Type International, is hosting a summer keynote series with uh, top type experts as the speakers. And um, that's just a great way to continue to improve your knowledge on type. So I'm linking that below uh, in case anyone's interested. And then also, um, there's a, um, if you're not sure your type, there is an online self-discovery process that I can recommend. It gives you a questionnaire. And it's different than other online tests because it doesn't really operate as a test. It uh, gives you certain patterns to try on and um, ultimately to help you find your best fit type. You get to look at different descriptions and kind of try them on before you get your report. So that is a really great resource as well. So all of that's linked below. Now uh, we can move on uh, to the episode. So projection. I've got some quotes here from Carl Jung, but before I kind of dive in and start defining this, um, I want to talk generally, which actually I'm going to plug one more thing. 
and put this in the link below. Carol Shoemate uh, has a book all about projection uh, and the types. Um, it's projection and personality development. So I haven't finished reading that book, but from what I read, it's really, really great. And so I'm gonna link that below as well, because if you wanna learn more, that's a great place to go. But projection, I think that when it comes to understanding our personality type pattern, one of the biggest values that knowing your type pattern has is that if without conscious awareness, we um, are going to bump into each other and ourselves in very predictable ways in the sense that um, our dominant function is going to be overinflated in some way, which means that the uh, lower functions are our shadow functions, which I could talk about shadow functions in another uh, episode, but these areas where we are not as conscious, they almost exist as like these black holes that kind of trip us up. And that can be within our own self or in other people. And our personality type pattern isn't like just an identity that we have. It's um, a larger story or a pattern of how our consciousness evolves and how it has unfolded. And what are the things, what are the areas of our consciousness that have tripped us up over time? And so uh, if we aren't really aware of what is tripping us or what, why this event or this person is tripping us up so much, um, then we keep experiencing the same thing over and over until we improve our conscious awareness on this. And I'm gonna explain a little bit more of how and why that happens. But the thing that really sticks out to me is that, um, and I guess it's really telling to me is just the danger of becoming a caricature of yourself. And the 16 types are these caricatures essentially. Um, it's not really you, you have a self beyond that. And I think that if we are clinging to just uh, these core talents and skills or potential traits that might be associated with the types, then we are kind of clinging to um, a caricature of ourselves rather than using the tool to help us understand the way that our consciousness is unfolding so that we can become ourself. So there's a slight shift there. And I think we're probably aware that, you know, each of the types is going to have these blind spots and then these areas of strength. And if we want to allow our conscious awareness process to unfold, um, how, am I, how am I trying to word this? Um, allow, allowing that process to unfold is essentially learning how to use your strengths to allow you to see and be aware of 
those weaknesses and those blind spots. Um, but if we are using what we know about our type to um, validate our ego and make excuses for ourselves, then that might feel good in the moment, but we're not solving the problem of whenever it feels like you're stuck in that place where you're having the same problem over and over and over and over again. Because everyone's inferior function is going to cause some sort of problem in your life. Um, really, you can probably go in depth of all of the eight functions in your stack, but especially that inferior. It's a sore spot. It's, it's a really vulnerable aspect. And, you know, the trickster function is another um, one that is going to definitely trip you up. So go listen to my uh, psyche design episodes about the inferior and the trickster if you want to learn more about that. But these things can become traps. And what I guess I want to get across and what I've been thinking about lately is that they don't have to become traps. We trap ourselves by overly identifying with a type pattern as who we are. If we say these talents and these skills, this is me. And also these flaws are me. Absolutely. Now it's totally okay to accept our flaws, but a lot of what might manifest as a flaw in an actual personality like of a person who's expressing their personality, it kind of stems from these blind spots of consciousness. So if you think of the entire psyche and some of those areas are going to be lit up, you could see everything going on in there and some are really dark. It's these dark areas where we trip or where something can just completely blindside us. And that's both within ourselves and also in our lives. So if you've ever had the experience of something completely throwing you off guard um, and like kind of just reminding you or, or like, I don't know, like either a lot of emotions can come up, a lot of shame. It, it's basically just that vulnerability of your inferior function being like so obvious to you, either based on something that another person said to you or something that um, you experienced that uh, triggered something in you, like inspired a reaction out of you. Like these things can start to feel so predictable and I've been interested in type for almost a decade now. And so not only have I been pretty aware of, I guess, the general idea of how the 16 types can operate, but I've also seen um, what it's like if you, how do I want to word this? If, if you are having like the same problem again and again and again, and you see that it's related to your inferior or related to your type pattern, um, it makes you, I don't, I don't even know how to really explain what I was going with that, but it's 
comment below if you if you know what I mean but it's like um it just feels like Groundhog's Day it's like the same thing repeating itself over and over it's like something coming up to trigger your inferior again and again and every time you try and get out of it um you know it keeps coming back and so I want you to think about that feeling whenever I go into projection because um Okay, let me, let me just go into projection and then I'll come into that thought um, in a bit because the idea of projection is, um, it's essentially the idea, it's idea, it's an automatic process where we are placing the um, contents of our own unconscious onto others. And so we're seeing what we cannot see, the, the dark areas of our conscious, of, of our consciousness and in our psyche, um, we cannot see them when we look with, within and we cannot identify with them. But the only way we can engage with them is they will become manifest in something outside of you. And so a quote from Young is, we always see our own unavowed mistakes in our opponent. And so let me just go into a few more quotes. So another from Jung, all of the contents of our unconscious are constantly being projected onto our surroundings. And it is only by recognizing certain properties of the objects as projections that we're able to distinguish them from the real properties of the objects. Um, excellent examples of this could be found in all personal quarrels Unless we are possessed of an unusual degree of self-awareness, we shall never see through our projections, but must always succumb to them because the mind in its natural state presupposes the existence of such projections. It is the natural and given thing for unconscious contents to be projected. So that might sound a little scary. Um, you've probably known and experienced a time in which somebody else was projecting their shit onto you and it was very clear when you were engaging with them that they could not see something about themselves and they were placing it on you and it's so easy to see when it's not you like especially when someone is making assumptions about you based on their own projections it's so easy to see um when it's not you but the nature of the psyche is that we all do that. And there's a purpose for that. And the purpose is individuation or integration of the psyche, which is this natural process of unification where um, our ego is on the journey to uh, being connected with the collective unconscious. We are on the journey to unity, uh, integration, unification. So, um, the general reason for this projection is that the activated unconscious seeks to be expressed. So that was a, that was something Young said. I didn't say it exactly in the quote, but so it seeks to be expressed. And that is one of the core reasons behind the way that individuation works, which is that our psyche might feel like it's uh, divided into all these parts, but there is this desire within all aspects of ourselves, 
all aspects of you that wants to be put together, wants to connect and understand the other. It's, it's the same sort of desire we have, not just within, but with each other uh, as a species, desiring um, that, that sort of world peace. Um, but this sort of uh, differentiation between the pieces of ourselves and with the pieces uh, that are acting out uh, between people, um, it, when we are projecting the, these things onto each other, it causes a lot of conflict, but every time that there is a conflict, it is an opportunity for individuation. So let me find another quote that I remember. Okay. The meaning of two personalities is like the contact of two chemical substances. If there is any reaction, both are transformed. So that is another Carl Jung quote. So so there's this projection process happening where we're all just the things that we're unable to see about ourselves. We see them come to life in other people or in other scenarios or in other objects. And this causes conflict because we cannot see this within ourselves, but we see it within them. And we don't identify with that thing. We don't understand that thing. And so it causes a conflict, but if we think about our own individuation process and how we are seeking to journey all these different areas of our psyche and to shine a light on them, then um, that opportunity, that conflict allows you, it gives you the opportunity to transform yourself and to see yourself through, uh, through a new perspective. And um, that isn't to say that Every time there's a conflict, you need, and you think that someone else's behavior is wrong, that you need to kind of be like, that's wrong, but I'm also wrong. It's beyond that. It's trying to perceive, because uh, your, your psyche is all, it's all about consciousness and the eight cognitive functions are all these mental energies. And when projection occurs, you're hitting some sort of roadblock where there's something you're unable to see that is, uh, it's a shadow, it's, it's dark to you. You're unable to access it. Um, there's, not, there's not a problem with the fact that we are individuals, but even just being willing to see something that you had not seen previously is the sort of attitude that leads to transformation. So just as projection is automatic, um, that transformation is automatic as well. Um, you don't have to do anything really, but allowing transformation to take place whenever the conflict takes place is what can carry you to a new level of understanding into a new realization. So. Another quote from Jung is that projection means the expulsion of a subjective content into an object. Accordingly, it is a process of dissimulation by which a subject or by which a subjective content becomes alienated from the subject and is, so to speak, embodied in the object. The subject gets rid of the painful incompatible contents by projecting them. 
So what I think is important to understand about this is that this doesn't mean that whenever bad things happen or when hard things happen to you, that you need to blame yourself. Because it's, it's also, when we seek to, uh, when we seek the wisdom in these conflicts and we want to embrace our awareness, um, in my experience, I think it's, it's something that you have to be open to and allow yourself to receive rather than um, trying to be, re be reductive in your thinking about it. So like, for example, I guess this is what I want to warn people against is since I am trying to, I guess, um, encourage being open-minded here and trying to at least see if we can try and catch ourselves in our projections. Like, there's been experiences where I have been in um, relationships where I have felt um, taken advantage of and misunderstood and not seen and like verbally abused and things like that. Um, it's not like if someone is being cruel to me that I need to be like, oh, well, maybe they have a point. Maybe I am terrible. Maybe I, you know, like we can't think so reductively about it. Like, for example, I, I dated an INTP that was uh, not a great relationship. Um, there was a lot of emotions um, happening. We hurt each other a lot. I don't really know if I trust his character. Um, it's not that I'm supposed to be like, oh, all of these flaws he's saying about me are accurate. I'm actually terrible. I actually am a piece of shit. It's not that, but what that experience um, inspired in me was my own introverted thinking coming up. So as an ENFJ, introverted thinking is my inferior function. And I've noticed that there's been all these different experiences where people have said certain things to me that I either disagreed with, didn't seem like it was my sense of truth, or even just revealed to me that I have gone against my own discernment. Maybe uh, there's been people who have like revealed their true colors to me and um, in a way where I felt violated and it's like, why did I let them in this close to me to begin with, for example? It's like these experiences that are so painful for inferior TI at the end of the day have inspired me to improve my own TI. So that's just to give kind of an example in the sense that these projections that we experience and these events that are manifested externally it's like basically my shadow becomes manifested externally and that event and that experience is a opportunity and a lesson to learn and integrate more of myself it's not so simple to where you just have to take what they're saying about you at face value it is about allowing whatever that experience is bringing up within you 
to be and to allow that to naturally transform you. So I hope that that distinction makes sense because your inferior function is going to have like this very primitive aspect to it to where a lot of the events that are gonna happen to you um, are triggering this very primitive aspect in you, in your inferior. And we can allow the experience to transform us to a different type of relationship with our inferior. It doesn't mean that we have to necessarily believe everything that this uh, primitive aspect of ourself is saying, but that might be a step for some of you. There's definitely moments when I needed to accept and embrace that more primitive side to me. So, um, and Carl Jung distinguished that there's a difference between passive projections and active pro projections. So the passive projections might just be like, assuming that this person you're dating is like the perfect one for you and it might be completely automatic where like the less you know about a person, the more you are projecting all of your positive qualities onto them and you, you don't even know you're doing that. But then active pro projection is more of like putting yourself in the other person's shoes and extending your identity and your likeness to the other person in a way where you're able to um, see the connection between you and them. But like this process of projection that happens naturally, um, I see it as good and bad. Um, I think it is a natural vehicle for how um, our consciousness evolves. Um, as our individuation process is, it's like we... We have, we're all differentiated to some extent. It's like we, be, we start as undi undifferentiated babies. And then when we figure, when our ego becomes, uh, when we go through puberty and our ego starts to develop, we differentiate and we, we say, this is me and this is you. You notice the difference between those things we start to identify with certain things. As we get older, um, that individuation process begins to really kick in, which I'm not necessarily sure when it happens, but like the idea is that we are differentiated potential, we differentiate. And then when we individuate, it is more about becoming the self than about becoming a distinct ego identity, which you're starting from the position of an ego that has preferences. So your 16 uh, personality type patterns has those preferences. That's your ego starting point. Certain types of functioning are uh, in harmony with your ego and others are in the dark. And if you're going on that journey to figure out what's in the dark, similar to the hero's journey or to stories such as um, in uh, the book, The Alchemist, where you're going on that journey into the unknown, like that song from Frozen, 
it's like um that's where you 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 are going with your ego into the darkness and through the only way out is through is when you can tap into that collective unconsciousness or that collective unconscious which is the infinite um And I really think of that inferior function as that key that can plug you in to that collective unconscious. And also, I, I even can think of it as God consciousness or uh, the hive mind or, I don't know, infinite intelligence. There's a lot of words that people have used to describe this because this is so... Um, like Carl Jung put words to this phenomenon, but this is a human phenomenon. Like Carl Jung is attempting to describe something that we all go through in our psyche. And so other people have used other words, other modalities express this journey and it's in a different way. Like it's everywhere. Um, and like, I guess this idea of talking about projection, the important part is to just understand that we have this sort of relationship with our shadow. And if we can become curious about our shadow and to also be curious whenever you get into conflict and understand the way that your shadow might be impacting how you see it, that means that at any given moment, you can maintain this sort of curiosity and humility around what you're seeing both in yourself and in the other person and if you're open uh and you know that there's aspects that you're not seeing and you and if you are reflective over what a certain event or person is inspiring in you and you reflect on um that aspect of um your psyche that is weaker or more vulnerable if you um send love to that aspect and send um conscious conscious intention there shine a light on that area then something happens and it's it's a transformational process like i don't know how else to describe it you know and i think a lot of you know what i mean it's just it's really hard it's it's hard to put into words it's um especially since um, I think of that transformational process, like a lot of people don't get there because in order to get there, you have to go into the dark. You have to um, stare into the void and look at the abyss or whatever. You have to have that existential feeling. And this is a whole other thing. Here, let me look something up. This is reminding me of uh, Kierkegaard and existential dread. Uh, I'm going to need to do a whole episode on that. I'm trying to see if I could look for quotes on this on the spot. But Kierkegaard talks a lot about how we feel this sort of anxiety whenever we are um, facing um our power and the unknown and what our uh, what our potential is, the, the choices we could make in life. 
and it can fill us with a sense of existential dread. And um, I think that a lot of what he talks about with that existentialism is about that feeling when you're in the black hole, you're in the shadows, you don't know where else you're going. And um, I think a lot of what he talks about really uh, marries or pairs well with with Young. Um, because he's all about finding yourself and being your own independent person, but also about how we have to deal with the uncertainty of being uh in those uh, weird like tunnel cocoon spots. And I believe that when we can get comfortable in those spots and we can understand the, the role that our shadow plays and understand that so many events that happen to us that um, uh, bring up um, those vulnerabilities and in our inferior and things like that, that there are lessons and vehicles for transformation. Um, and that's not to say, like, that's not to say that um, trauma isn't any less real though. Like, I'm not trying to dismiss how hard a lot of these events are. And I'm definitely not saying that we need to just gloss it over with positivity and just enjoy all the bad things that happen. But I do think that um, it gets a lot easier. It's, it's easier and more peaceful to experience even the hardest of times if we let go of our ego just a little bit. That's all I'm really saying. I'm not saying that these events are gonna be easy or that the um, projections and the uh, conflicts that rise up are going to like feel good or it's just that um the more we cling to our ego um in those moments of confusion and we aren't open to the confusion and the unknown and the existential dread we aren't okay with going into the the shadow and the messy, the messy bridge in between their projections and yours, if you're unable to feel into that space, it's really a lot harder to move through it. And the more stubborn you are about your own original perspective in the situation without being open to any type of new lesson or real, realization about yourself to come through, then it's just adding resistance to whatever is happening. So anyway, I hope that this episode was interesting. I kind of threw a lot out there, but um, like this um, shadow functions, transformation, there's a lot of things that I want to talk about in the next coming episodes <coughs> because I think this is why type matters essentially. Like I, love, I like talking about the functions, introversion, extroversion, all that stuff, but why are we learning it? Like, I'm, no, I'm, not, I'm not interested in giving people an identity or um, validating any unhealthy patterns. And 
like I want to move through some stuff I want to transform and I think that um, a lot of people that are interested in type and know that this like resonate with this material and know that there's something real there I think that we can when we when we learn a little bit about how this works it can feel really empowering but then we can also reach a point where we might feel limited or we might feel a little stuck where it's like we're so aware of these flaws but we don't know how to change them and we don't know how to use our knowledge about ourselves to get into a different rhythm in a different um situation because i don't know like i don't want to be a caricature of myself and i don't think you do either i think that we all want um to feel fulfilled um you know emotionally we want to feel like both a marriage of feeling and thinking we want to feel like we're correct about things like like our feelings are taken care of we want to feel grounded in the sensory when we want to explore ideas we want to have a happy and healthy inner world and outer worlds like and i think that um sometimes if we don't feel like it's possible to move beyond certain weaknesses then it just can get really depressing and we think that um we have, it's easier to just accept certain things aren't going to happen to us, aren't going to be possible for us. And, um, I want to move, I want to move past that. Um, and, you know, Carl Jung never condoned the whole idea of using psychological types as a means of categorizing people. And I understand that the category, that the categories and just having a simple definition for things is really useful because it gives us a term uh, to even be able to describe what pattern we're talking about. Just like if you're trying to distinguish between a sunflower and a rose or something, they're both flowers, but they have a different type of pattern to them of how they grow, for example. I get that those names are important, but I think that too much uh, systematizing of some of something that really the journey of your own individuation is so unique. Um, that, own, that process you go through as you differentiate your ego and as your ego travels through this path of um, integrating more and more into its consciousness, like that's unique to you. And it is dangerous if we build walls and obstacles for ourselves. So anyway, uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Psyche Design. Please, as always, leave any comments of anything that you are thinking about, uh, if anything came up for you, uh, because, you know, your comments do inspire like other episodes that I'll do. And um, yeah, don't forget to uh, like and subscribe. I don't think that I've said that in a while, but you know, why not? I'll, I'll give you a reminder. So if you, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. Thanks so much for listening and I will catch you next time. We may be walking the path of individuation independently, but that doesn't mean that you're alone. While your journey is unique, we're all going through the same process along our own parallel paths. 
If you're craving deeper conversation about how your personality type pattern is unfolding, join us for monthly type discussions. The Psyche Design Membership Group comes with access to a private Facebook group, one facilitated Zoom hangout per month with breakout activities, and a monthly Q&A. For more information, check out the link to my Patreon in the description. 